All praises are due to Allah, Lord of the worlds. And surely the best reward ultimately is for those who have taqwa, the consciousness of Allah. And surely there is no animosity except for the oppressor. And I bear witness that Allah is one and has no partners and that Muhammad, the son of Abdullah, is his servant and his last messenger. May Allah always, constantly, send peace and blessings to Muhammad, to his family, his companions, to all those who call to his way and establish his sunnah to the day of judgment. As to what follows, I remind myself and you again of the critical importance of taqwa, the consciousness of Allah, the awareness of the Creator of the heavens and the earth, the fear of the punishment of Allah, but the hope in the mercy of Allah. And this consciousness is of vital importance, not only to every person, but to the Muslim nation as a whole. And especially now, in this very important time of the year. This is the time of the great pilgrimage to Mecca, the great Hajj. And over two million people are coming into, descending upon Mecca, descending upon the holy precincts. From every part of the world, all colors, all nations, all languages, the rich, the poor, male, female, young and old, coming together in this amazing event, which is one of the most miraculous events that takes place on this planet. And Hajj really is the climax for the life of a Muslim. The Hajj combines all of the great pillars or activities of Islam. In the Hajj there is the Tawheed, oneness of God. There is prayer, there is fasting, there is the giving of charity. It is the essence of our faith and it is an expression of what is to come when the whole of the human family will have to, as a group, face Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But it is important this year in particular that we reflect upon the rituals that we are doing. The pilgrims are in Mecca, in Mina, in Arafah, Muzdalifah. They are performing the rites of the Hajj. We here will be fasting and making our Eid. It is critical for us to think about what we are doing. And this is crucial for Muslims all over the planet. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has told us in the chapter of Al-Hajj, the pilgrimage chapter, verse 32, Allah has revealed, and whoever holds in honor the sacred rights of Allah, such honor should come truly from the piety of the hearts. So when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks of sha'airillah, these 
sacred acts that are going on and the precincts that we, we are going to. Whoever honors this, this honor, this respect, this motivation is not ritualistic. It is not mechanical like a machine can carry out events. A machine can now work in a hospital and register you in the hospital and bring your medicine and go from first floor to second floor. Artificial intelligence. But this action is not supposed to be robot-like. It is not supposed to be machine-like. Allah tells us it comes from taqwa al It comes from the piety of the hearts. It comes from the essence of the people who are making the Hajj. And that is a crucial concept that we need to reflect upon, especially in this particular time in history. Muslims are crying out for change. We are crying out for some economic change in our life. Crying out for a social change. Crying out for a political change. Crying out for oppression to be lifted off our backs. But Allah told us in Surah Al-Rad, إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُغَيِّرُ مَا بِقَوْمٍ حَتَّى يُغَيِّرُ مَا بِأَنفُسِهِمْ Allah will not change the condition of a people until they change that which is in themselves. So the beginning of real change is internal. It comes from the internal per person outward and then is responded by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so the Hajj itself, when we reflect upon the actions that the pilgrims will be doing, when we think about what is actually in the Hajj itself, we can recognize that there is an external part of the Hajj, but there is also an internal part. And the external part is crucial for us to carry out monastic or the rites of the Hajj in a proper way. And so we study monastic Hajj. We study how to perform tawaf to circumambulate. How to run in between Safa and Marwa. How to go to Arafah, how Muzdalifa how to be in Mina. All the different actions, we study it in order to do it according to the way of Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings be upon him. But what is crucial for us now to think about, and that is to go beyond the rituals, beyond the physical motions that we are doing, that a machine could also do, because a machine could put on ihram and make tawaf. A machine could do sa'if. A machine could go to Arafah and raise its hands. A machine could sleep in Muzdalifah. A machine could stone the shayateen. But it's a machine. But the human being, the heart of the human being, which is connected to the soul, that is the key point of the hajj. And it really is the key point of all of our rituals. And it's interesting because in the same chapter of Hajj, Allah tells us in the 37th verse, لَيَّنَالُ اللَّهَ لُهُمَهَا وَلَا 
دماؤها ولكن ينال التقوى منكم so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us من ينال الله لحومها that Allah does not receive or does not get the flesh of the animals when the animal is sacrificed وَلَا دِمَاؤُهَا that the blood of the animals sacrificed in ritual does not reach Allah but what reaches Allah is taqwa it is the consciousness of Allah within the individual that is what reaches Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so here we have clearly spelled out to us in divine language that the essence of the sacrifice in the pilgrimage is not just the physical sacrifices but the essence is the relationship between the pilgrim and the creator and the essence of our faith is the relationship between us and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and so when we look at the rituals of Hajj when we look at the fruits or the essence of the pilgrimage we see a number of very important uh, qualities or themes that comes out of the Hajj the crucial theme running through everything is Tawheed it is the oneness of God and the pilgrim who goes will be saying constantly and this will be imprinted on your mind until you die the pilgrim says labaik allahumma labaik labaik la sharika laka labaik innal hamda wan ni'mata laka wal mulk la sharika lak that will be imprinted on your mind imprinted on your soul but what did we say we said i am here O Allah, at your service. I am here, O Allah. You have no partners. Surely, all the praise, all the blessings, and the kingdom belongs to you. You have no partners. So we are constantly uh, confirming wahdaniyya the oneness of the Creator of the heavens and the earth. Constantly confirming this. But the real test is that after the Hajj, once we have confirmed it thousands of times and worship at the house and we leave Hajj, does it continue? That is where the ritual is tested by the essence. So was the pilgrimage based upon the external and the internal? The internal would enable the Muslim to go back home and keep the oneness of Allah. And so the person who performed the Hajj properly could not go home and worship graves, could not go home and worship individuals could not go home and worship money because we have said la sharik innal hamda wa ni'mata laka wal mulk we said it all praise all ni'ma blessings comfort the dominion that's the mulk everything it is yours 
because you have no pockets. And so the Hajj who internalized the oneness goes back as a new person to live the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in reality. Another one of the great themes or essence of Hajj is unity. People come together from all over the world. And for most of us, making the pilgrimage was the first time we met people from distant parts of the planet. We heard languages that we never heard before. We saw people we never saw before, cultures. And we were all together, united. We made salat together. We did the sa'i, running in between Safra and Marwa, together. We moved to Arafah together. The unity is there. But the test for the hujjaj, for the pilgrims, did they internalize the unity? When they returned from the hajj, did they maintain that same respect that they had for the person of another color? the person of another language or another culture. I remember clearly the discussion between two broadcasters who were looking through the camera at Mecca. And there were thousands of pilgrims surrounding the Kaaba doing all types of things. And the Muslim broadcaster said to the non-Muslim, in 15 minutes, all of these people will stop what they are doing and they will form concentric circles around this house and they will pray behind one man. The non-Muslim broadcaster said, that's impossible. Because we know our rock concerts, we know our political gatherings. You cannot marshal so many different people of different colors and nations in 15 minutes, then the adhan went off. And by the power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's religion, the Muslims lined up in concentric circles, they prayed behind one person, in unity. But once the Imam said the salams and he ended his prayers, the test is on. And the people went back to what they were doing. So the test is on. Inside of us is unity. In the essence of Hajj is unity. But the test now is to uh, express the unity in our lives. And it is so important today, even if we could call it operational unity. Because we are not all the same. We are Muslims. And we may emphasize certain aspects of Islam, because Islam is a broad way of life. But operational unity is that everybody is able to come together and to benefit from the strength of the brother or the sister. Such it was with the companions of Prophet Muhammad And it is reported that Khalid ibn al-Walid Radiallahu an, the sword of Allah, one of the greatest military leaders in history. He accepted Islam near the end of the life of the Prophet, peace be upon him. 
He did not memorize a lot of chapters of the Quran. So when it was time for the companions to pray, and Khalid was there, they would look to somebody else. Because he was not the Qadi. He was not the one to leave. And they would look, for instance, and they would find Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiallahu who's a, a thin Yemeni man, but the master of the Qur'an. He is the master of the book of Allah. And so, Abdullah, he would lead the prayer, and Khalid, the six-foot warrior, would pray in back of the small, thin man. That was his leader, because of his abilities. But when the enemies of Allah came on the scene, everybody said, where is Khalid? Put Khalid in the front. Now Khalid became the leader. What did Khalid do? Did he form his own group, Hizbu Khalid? O Tariqa Khalidiyah? Did he form a madhab Khalid? No. He was just one of the Muslims. Operational unity. And it is crucial now for us, on a local level, on an international level for our nations, to be able to manage differences. To manage differences. Sometimes we have to agree to disagree. Manage the difference. As Allah has made tanawa, Allah has made uh, variety in flowers, variety in all forms of life. There are varieties in the way we think. There's different, even different varieties in the sunnah. There's different ways that Prophet Muhammad used to pray. So sometimes certain aspects of prayer are slightly different, but that's okay. We should manage our differences. And so, there may be somebody who performs the Eid, Salat al-Eid, believing that according to the traditions of the Prophet ﷺ, that the Arafat is when the, the Imam and the, and, and the Hujjaj are in Arafat, and that they will follow the Hujjaj. And so they will make their Eid on, a, on the day when the uh, Hujjaj are in Eid, on the 10th. There are others who prefer a local sighting when there is doubt. And that's fine. We need to learn to manage differences. The same way a slight difference in how we pray, but that difference should not take love out of our hearts. That difference should not make a wall in between one Muslim and another. We need to, to learn how to come together and to manage that which is different between that is the spirit of Hajj. So the ritual that we were doing, the ritual of Salah, praying together, should inform us how to be united outside of Salat. How to be united outside of the pilgrimage. Hajj also teaches us equality. Equality, the ihram garment is supposed to be the same for everybody. The ihram clothing, the concept of ihram, the concept, the things that we are doing in hajj. We are moving together, it's equality as in our prayers. There should not be a first row for one nation and a second row for another nation. 
It is equality. That is what Hajj teaches us and all of the pillars of Islam. Hajj teaches us sacrifice. To sacrifice from what we have been given. Even if it means to sacrifice our health or our life. So Muslims travel from long distances and some people actually give their life or they die on the pilgrimage. And inshallah they will get a great reward. But the reality is the sacrifice has to continue. It has to continue when we leave the precincts of the Hajj. And so the test is on us that the Hajj changed our character, it changed our relationship. All of the rituals that we are going through, Ramadan, the fasting, zakat, purifying our wealth, it should change not only the external, but the internal. Then in this way, inshallah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would answer our prayers. Because we need our prayers to be answered. The prayers for the poor, the prayers for the suffering, the prayers for the oppressed. And we need this at this point in time. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made it very clear. Inna allaha la yughayiru ma biqawmin, hatta yughayiru ma bianfusihim. Allah will not change the condition of a people until they change that which is in themselves. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala enable us to change that which is in ourselves. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala enable us to purify our hearts and our deeds. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala enable us to perform our prayers and to perform our fasting. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala enable our hujjaj that they would have a beautiful hajj. Hajjun mabroor wa sa'yun mashkoor wa dhammin maghfoor. May Allah forgive their sins. And may Allah raise up from this hajj a generation of people who will be able to change through the help of Allah the conditions that we are living in today. I leave you with these thoughts and I ask Allah to have mercy on me and you. أقول قولي هذا وأستغفر الله لي ولكم ولسائر المسلمين من كل ذنب استغفروا إنه هو غفور رحيم